Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. The jury's still out, but allegedly I'm Sarah. Oh, I thought you were salsa. I'll give you salsa today. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> And this episode is sponsored by Lance Smith. Thank you, Lance. Thank Thank you. Today, we're discussing the second half of Chapter 15 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The lovely and amazing Hogwarts High Inquisitor, (laughs) Sasa. So make sure that you have read the rest of that chapter and you're ready to wiggle your way through the details. Wiggle. It's like such a toddler life word that I've said like wiggle a million times. It's part of a bunch of songs. <laughs> but we have super, super special important turn your headphones up weekly profit news with Mouse Tales from Megan. Hello. It is Meg and my Mouse Tales. Um, so... <laughs> Two things for Weekly Profit today, and first and foremost, we want to give a huge shout out to Chris Rankin and Nessa, because they have launched their own website with merchandise. So if you go to chrisrankin.co.uk and then go to store, not only is Chris selling, like, uh, he's selling the replica of Percy's wand, He is selling headshots that are autographed, so you can buy his autograph. And then also, Mm -hmm. him and Nessa created merch that is um, pride-themed, and I am almost positive a portion of the proceeds are going someplace. I want to look up where so that I tell you the correct information. It's 50% of the profit will go to Albert Kennedy Trust, whose work um, with the homeless LGBTQ plus youth and those living in hostile and harmful environments. So it's going to awesome. go to that. Tiffany yes. coming in clutch. Yes, well, I had you. it pulled up already. I just wanted to look at, I love the design. It's yeah. so it's beautiful. It's really, it's cool. really cute. So it's this like really cute paint rainbow smear yes. with house yes. of chris ness at the top 
Um, and they're just amazing human beings. And if you're looking for some place to support for Pride Month, I highly recommend checking out his website. And then also, like with all of these conventions being canceled due to what's going on in the world, um, he's not able to attend, obviously, because they're not happening. So he's not able to attend and meet with people like he loves to and give autographs and... Um, he's also selling his buttons, his House of Christmas buttons, which I love. It's like rainbow with like their names on it. Um, so if you want to check out chrisrankin.co.uk and then just go to the store tab in the menu and then, um, they have like t-shirt, crew neck, hoodie, mug, Tank tank top with like the cool design on it with house of christmas so and you know we already ordered some yep. yeah you i'm excited it. for my crew yes. neck oh my god a crew neck i got a hoodie and a mug sasa got a crew neck because that's her life i just wanted to do something different do something different <laughs> do something different crew neck crew neck yeah. name that song kate did you get the tank i went for the t-shirt because i've been going for that the slick back white t-shirt look oh my god hey! <laughs> no but tr- truly i've been digging like white t-shirts lately so I decided to get that. would you say that you're digging plain white tees mm-hmm. oh! i like a little There's graphic so on them references. so not quite plain do you know what uh marty too likes something just just look. right there on yeah. the breast and then whatever he likes the design big on the back yeah I actually like Look it just on the too. front, blank on the back. A little bit. Look at it, like, you guys. Meg calls them my granimal shirts when I have like a big graphic on the actually, front. Actually, that's what my mom called them. You adopted it. Yeah. Now I've toned it down to just like the corner of my shirt. Yeah. You know? You know. I love that you. That old. I love you too. <laughs> um, so then the other weekly profit news that I wanted to shout out is we have been shouting out different LGBTQ friendly Etsy shops. So I figured why not give a shout out to ours? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but honestly, so Katie and I have Akio designs, which we've had for a while, but on top of that, I am now working full time from home on freelance design So I'm going to be setting up a second Etsy account for Whimsy Creative Designs, which is going to host some wedding invitation designs that are going to be like our more generic ones that we have that will be available for like a lower price. And then also some like party invitations for places where it's safe to do that. But obviously plan ahead, hoping beyond hope that everything is going better um, and then just like branding design, logo design, um, advertising, all of that kind of stuff. And social media, social media, like mm-hmm. handling social medias and doing content planning and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, whatever. You yeah. Need. So like, I'm going to be working on setting up an Etsy. That's like first on my to-do list once I'm officially working like full time on my own thing. But, um, up until that's live, you can always just reach out to us on Instagram, either at the Petrus family or Whimsy Creative Design, 
or our email, which is whimsycreativedesign at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So we've done lots of fun little projects lately. Um, like you can get stationery or I don't know. Signage. Signage. Whatever you want. I drew Custom a random stuff. logo the other day. So, yeah. You know, whatever. So yeah, if you, you are, guys are in so talented. need Aww. of it, reach out. <laughs> I would love to work with you. I'd love to work with you guys, so. Yep. Spread the word. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You know what else is shameless? How I wish I was gazing into Tiffany's eyes right now. (laughs) I beat you to it. (laughs) All right. There is now a high inquisitor at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Oh, boy. And she's snooping around doing teacher inspections, being a butthead. Harry and Ron (laughs) see Trelawney's inspection first. Doesn't really go too well. Um, And Harry lands himself into some more detention because he just couldn't get enough before. Surprise, surprise. It is a good time. You can't blame a kid for trying. (laughs) So... What else is new? Harry's got detention again. His hand's bleeding again. Angelina is angry. McGonagall's not happy. Hermione isn't either. You know, same old, same old. Uh, Now it's McGonagall's turn to have Umbridge watch her in her class. And as usual, McGonagall's just the best. Uh, And then Umbridge is also there in magical care of magical creatures. And it's just the worst. Harry gets another detention. And then his um, his friends help him through the pain. And Hermione has a new idea for them. And Harry has some feelings. Lots of feelings. Ooh, yeah. Lots and lots. Got the feels. Let's get in this. Let's wiggle our way on in. <laughs> oh, okay. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I love it. <laughs> so the cut on Harry's hand had barely healed by the time that he was given his next lovely set of detentions and uh it's uh bleeding again so you know just making sure that that scar never fades right right so he had not complained once during his detentions as he's not going to give umbridge any kind of satisfaction to know that he's in any kind of pain that she's getting to him in any kind of way. This is business as usual. Harry Potter eats pain for breakfast, and I'm not oh. sure that she understands. <laughs> Wait, can you no, say it in a Harry so. Potter voice? Oh, <laughs> you mean Bart Simpson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copyright, not us. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey man, I eat pain for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> With two servings, <laughs> whole oh, milk. Okay, like my favorite. <laughs> so, of course, he is writing. I must not tell lies over and over and over again. And so the cut gets deeper and deeper. You know what they say: the first cut is the <laughs> deepest. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You're funny. So the worst part about the second week of detentions was the reaction that Harry got from Angelina. 
like George had actually predicted. So is he a seer? Probably. So she <laughs> she corners him. <laughs> Everybody's delayed reaction. I mean, I think, I think that yeah. knows his future wife, you know? Possible. I can't wait to record with you guys again. These jokes need like a good hour. No, we're gonna need like three before we no. even start. You think you're gonna need three? I'm gonna have to eat. We said we were gonna have a feast. Well, that's not part. That's like not pre-recording. Oh, sorry. I mean, like we're gonna be sitting at the table at six a.m. to start <laughs> at six p.m. You're not wrong. It's exactly what it's going to be like. So Angelina corners him just as he arrives for breakfast the next day. And she is shouting so loudly that McGonagall came down from the staff table to see what was going on. So McGee swoops down and she takes five points from Gryffindor because Angelina is making so much noise in the Great Hall. So Angelina is fuming and she fires back and she's like, Harry just landed himself in more detention again. So this makes McGonagall round on Harry and she's like, what from whom? And Harry is like super sheepish about this. He will not look McGonagall in the (laughs) eyes and he mutters, Professor Umbridge. And then McGonagall goes all teacher voice. And I said, I am here for this. It's when you drop your voice real low so no one else can hear you. And you sound just like if evil breathed out evil, that's how evil you are. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, so she says, this is quote from the book, okay? Are you telling me, she said, lowering her voice so that the group of curious. I don't like this, Tiffany. Save me. Well, now I'm going to use it on you because you're interrupting. (laughs) I just feel like you're going to, I feel like, genuinely, I feel like I'm in trouble. But go on. You might be. Look at you hiding from me. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start over. Are you telling me, she said, lowering her voice so that the group of curious Ravenclaws, Sarah, behind (laughs) them could not hear. That after the warning I gave you last Monday, you lost your temper in Professor Umbridge's class again. Yes, said Harry. Er, Nope, yes, muttered Harry, speaking to the floor. I love this. (laughs) Potter, you must get a grip on yourself. Are you heading for, you are heading for serious trouble. Another five points from Gryffindor. And what? This is brutal, in my own opinion. Now, I'm all about that. I'm all about this teacher life. You know me. But I actually do not agree with it. But had she known that Harry was being tortured during detention, I don't think... She would have taken points away from him. I don't think he would have had another detention. I agree. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, she would have not terrorized Umbridge, but like, McGonagall would have gotten feisty all up in Umbridge's face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, these are these are my students. Don't you dare! You're a toad. Goodbye. Like she would. Yeah, she would. Um, but yeah. Uh, so McGonagall, you know, she has her reasoning for doing these things. So Harry's like flabbergasted. So McGonagall says, quote, because detentions do not appear to have any effect on you whatsoever, said Professor McGonagall tartly. No, not another word of complaint, Potter. And as for you, Miss Johnson, you will confine your shouting matches to the Quidditch pitch in future or risk losing the team captaincy. She's mad. 
She's, she's mad. mad. She's red hot. Angry. She mad. She's a red hot Gryffindor. Yeah. Hear her roar. Because our colors, we have red. <laughs> Anyways, both ladies oh leave this table. They're super mad at Harry. Ron is sympathetic. Hermione, not so much. Are we surprised? No. Not really. No. <laughs> so Harry's now mad at her, and he says, he well, he asks her angrily if she thinks McGonagall was right to take points away. So Hermione says, I wish she hadn't taken points from you, but I think she's right to warn you not to lose your temper with Umbridge. Duh. Um, oh, Hermione's holding the paper. And so while Hermione's saying this to Harry, Fudge is on the page and he's like giving some kind of speech and he's like gesturing like all crazy, probably talking about a bunch of nonsense. Mass murderer. Serious mm-hmm. black. Serious black. So Harry's not having any of this and he doesn't um, speak to her throughout charms. But when they get to transfiguration, it's about to be a real good time because Umbridge is there. We get to see McGonagall have her evaluation. Yay. Excellent. Whispered Ron as they sat down in their usual seats. Let's see Umbridge get what she deserves. Um, so yeah, McGonagall's literally Bob's apron. <laughs> end of section. Go ahead, Katie. <laughs> oh, hold on. It's no longer called that because I now call myself Bob. So it's, um, Sarah's apron. Oh Sasha's my apron. gosh. Sasha's apron. And Bob the Builder. <laughs> can we build it? Yes, I can. If it comes with instructions. <laughs> Megan! Now you put your text in. <laughs> I had a. I was like, is she just gonna read the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> she was so proud of herself. I'm like, did you finish your notes? She's like, yeah, they're separate because I wanted Tiffany to see my one line. Clara, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so McGonagall comes in the classroom and just does not acknowledge Umbridge like she deserves. Yeah, um, but she is all business so she asks Seamus to come up and pass out the homework she asks Lav Lav to come up and take the mice and pass them out and then scolds her for being all like squirmy wormy about passing mice out and then you hear a little hem hem from the back and McGonagall just ignores it um also Harry gets an A on his homework, so woohoo! Go Harry! Go Harry! Go Harry! Go Harry! Go Harry! So McGonagall then explains that they're moving on to mice with their vanishing spells, and then is interrupted again by another hem hem. And she finally is like, "Yes," and like looks at her. And I just want to read this little tiny blurb. Goes. I was just wondering, Professor, whether you received my note telling you of the date and time of your inspec- Obviously, I received it, or I would have asked you what you're doing in my classroom, said (laughs) Professor McGonagall, turning her back firmly on Professor Umbridge. Yes! Many of the students exchanged looks of glee. As I was saying, today we shall be practicing the altogether more difficult vanishment of mice. Now, the vanishing spell. Hem, hem. I wonder, said Professor McGonagall in cold fury, turning on Professor Umbridge, 
How you expect to gain an idea of my usual teaching methods if you continue to interrupt me. You see, I do not generally permit people to talk when I am talking. I want to slow clap that because it (laughs) happens in real time life. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. I just love how it literally describes Umbridge as looking as though she'd been slapped in the face, which she basically had, but with words, which is great. Verbally slapped. Like, this has to be one of the most satisfying moments of the book. Yeah. Um, To finally, finally see somebody put this woman in her place like just so deserved and like Um, so like savage yeah for sure because it's so true i mean it's so true (laughs) not only does mcgonagall believe that it's bogus that this is even happening but on top of that you're going to try to come in here and interrupt my teaching when you want to see how i teach well you're not really going to see how i teach now are you right so stay away observe (laughs) like so anyway mcgonagall continued and i really like this little bit about how she describes like different levels of vanishing spells because they started out with the snail which is an invertebrate so it doesn't prevent much of a challenge or doesn't present much of a challenge to the students because it has like there's less of it to vanish So then, like, as the animals get more complex, it gets harder for them to vanish it, which I thought is really neat. Yeah, that's cool. I like that we get, I like when we get small little blips into magic science. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of science-y, like, oh, so it's easier for them to vanish a snail, and then as the animal gets more complex, such as a mammal, uh, with, like, more skeletal pieces. I don't have a skull. Or bones. Or, or bones. bones. <laughs> That's, um, like, literally, I laugh so hard at that. I know. Because he's just like, I don't have a skull. <laughs> or bones. Or bones. <laughs> Josh Gad is literally life. Um, Samantha? <laughs> Samantha? Samantha? Um, so anyway, I just think that that's like a cool little, like, it's those little moments in the books where that are like some of my favorites, just because it really like shows you just normal Hogwarts speak and normal Hogwarts life. Like they're just learning vanishing spells, you know? Um, so Harry then mutters to Ron, and this is so funny, how she can lecture me about not losing my temper with Umbridge. But he's grinning because, like, yeah, she's B.A. Um, so Umbridge didn't follow McGonagall around the classroom like she did in Divination. She basically was put in her place, and it was satisfying. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione hang back at the end of the lesson because Harry notices that McGee and Umbridge are about to start a conversation. About to throw down. So they want I was going to say it! <laughs> <laughs> so they want to eavesdrop, and... Um, Professor Umbridge goes, how long have you been teaching at Hogwarts? And Professor McGee says, 39 years this December. She Mm -hmm. says brusquely, snapping her bag shut, which clearly is like, yeah, I've been here for almost 40 years, lady. Leave me alone. I clearly know what I'm doing. Um, So Professor Umbridge made a note. Very well. You will receive the results of your inspection in 10 days time. 
And then McGonagall goes, I can hardly wait in a cold, indifferent voice. Mm. Um, Sarah. Uh, this is like the, the passage where people talk about, because like there yeah. was at the time before Pottermore was turned into the stupid thing it is now. I shouldn't say that, but whatever. It's my opinion. Um, where McGonagall did have a birthday. And now that she's in Fantastic Beasts, I guess that's not true anymore. But um, this is like the passage that people are like, it's see, it's here that like, I think she would have been born like in the 40s or something or the 30s if like she had been teaching there for 38 years, however many long. Just fun fact. I guess it just like depends though on like what her career path was before she was a teacher, possibly. So all we know... She worked in the ministry for two years and then worked at Hogwarts, but we don't know if she took like a time off in between or like because it Traveling sounded like around. she went from Hogwarts to t- going to the ministry, um, and then she uh, went right to Hogwarts from the ministry. It seemed, but I, I, who knows? You know what I mean? Like they're gonna change what they want to change because yeah, that's their prerogative. They have to make it fit the uh the story or they don't I, have to have mcgonagall in there but i well, kind it of doesn't even have to be that mcgonagall true but well but her so her mother was a witch her father was a muggle so like in order for Maga- a mcgonagall to be there i'm i'm just <laughs> get out of here with your your logical reasoning <laughs> i'll stay away with my facts i well, just... who knows like, Hashtag no facts. They're gonna make it fit however they need to make it fit. I don't know if I'm a believer in the fact that, like, this was always the way it was. I'm sure that she's fudging some timelines. And I think that it was probably just because she wanted another familiar face in the Fantastic Beast series. But we'll see how she makes it work because she, you know, usually comes up with a way. So, this is the way. Yeah. Festerals. Thestrals. Um, yeah, so where am I at? Oh, she strides off towards the door and then looks at Harry, Ron, and Hermione and goes, hurry up, you three. And Harry could swear he saw a faint smile on her face. And he, <laughs> because he gave her a faint smile and then she gave him one back. You know. You know. You know. When you, know. when you know, you know. You yeah. know? Right? You know? Mm-hmm. Cuckoo, cachoo. <laughs> <laughs> Going back saying? to the big old blue. <laughs> Something big old blue. That's all I can remember was big old blue. <laughs> Cuckoo, cachoo. And they make their way back to the big, big old blue. blue. Righteous. 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 The her and all shell dude just got waxed. What's going on? I don't know. I can't stand any of you. (laughs) All right, Harry Potter. So Harry's thinking, I don't have to see Umbridge again until my detention, right? Nope. She's inspecting care of magical creatures. So when they get there, the trio, um, she's there questioning Grubbly Plank. And she's trying to be sneaky because she's lowering her voice, even though Harry can still hear her. And she's like, I wonder, the headmaster seems strangely reluctant to give me any information on the matter. Can you tell me what is causing Professor Hagrid's very extended leave of absence? It's like, really? You're going to go to a substitute teacher? 
try yeah. to slip behind the backs. I know, I know. Um, and Grubby Plank's basically like, I know as much as you do. I got an owl from Dumbledore saying he needed someone to fill in for a couple weeks. So, like, here I am. That's about it. Um, so I I'm... appreciate that from her. Sorry to interrupt you. Because no, you know totally. what? She's like, even if she knew something, she's like, it's not my business. And I, I'm here to teach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's like a no BS kind of woman. Yeah. I like her for that. Mm-hmm. And how. Grubbly plank. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so... For this class, Umbridge takes a little bit of a different path. So she went around and started questioning the students about magical creatures. Like, she's trying to figure out how much they know. Um, Because undoubtedly, she has heard about Hagrid. Undoubtedly, she knows that he's half-giant. So she has all these... um, What's the word I'm looking for? She already has an assumption about who he is, based on stereotypes. Um... So she thinks that, you know, the class isn't going to know anything because they've had this so-called teacher or whatever. Um, But Harry's spirits are lifted a little bit because the class wasn't letting Hagrid down. They were all answering pretty well. So Umbridge decides to go and pry again with Professor Grubblyplank. And so she says, like, overall, how do you, as a temporary member of staff, an objective outsider, I suppose you might say, how do you find Hogwarts? Do you feel you receive enough support from the school management? And Grubbly playing, coming in clutch, she's like, oh yeah, Dumbledore's excellent. I'm very happy with the way things are run. Very happy indeed. Oh yeah. Yeah, you yeah. are. And like, my man. I don't know if Umbridge was like expecting to get some dirt. Cause oh, she's for like, sure she was. Right. She's trying to look all polite about it, but she makes a little note in her clipboard. And uh, she asks her like, well, what are you doing for the rest of the year if, you know, Hagrid doesn't return? And Grubbly Plank lifts off like a couple different animals that they'd be looking at but pretty much says like there's not really a lot left to do like they're pretty they know their stuff you know they were i was left with not a lot to offer them because hagrid's a pretty good teacher um but umbridge is like well you seem to know what you're doing at any rate which is really annoying because she's instantly saying that everyone else at hogwarts is incompetent Mm -hmm. um but then you Umbridge, can't tell me McGee is incompetent based on her class. Come on. She's going to say, though, because she's in cahoots with Dumbledore. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. She also knows nothing of education, let me point out. Right? Just saying. I'm sorry I got really passionate, but I'm Tiffany, not sorry. Don't be sorry. Only kids just need to read a book. That's it. They don't need to know anything else. Why would you ever need to you use You don't need to teach them to read. Just give them a book, they'll figure it out. Right? They can read about how to read, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna blow up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to blow up. Listen, on the for real, for real, this happens in real-time life. Yeah. And it happens in not even just the education profession. You have people that think they know, but they have no idea. This is the true life of education (laughs) true life i'm an educator i'm an educator real life stories yeah of course it happens in every profession yeah that's fair it happens in every i'm just agreeing you better and then you need to give me credit i agree with you tiffany oh megan (laughs) even though you're a gryffindor gryffindor (laughs) Whoa, guys. I'm just gonna 
keep going on with my sections. Okay, so Katie, Umbridge, I'm sorry. Were you recording a podcast? I'm trying. I'm what? trying. Over oh, here. what? Oh, okay. If you guys want to continue this, go on. I'll just wait patiently. Nah, that's one of my house traits <laughs> is patience. So I have nothing to say to that snake. <laughs> Patience is a trait that Aries don't really have. Oh, I'm none. <laughs> can can I can I continue? Now? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, thanks, oh thanks, God. yes, thanks. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. Can I do it? Can I? Can I? So Ombridge, of course, has to be like, oh, weren't there some injuries in this class? And Malfoy jumps on that so fast. He's like, oh yeah, that was me. I was slashed by a hippogriff. Bloody chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was Bloody. me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. And Harry, which, when he says this, Ron and Hermione both literally groan out loud. He's like, only because he was too stupid to listen to what Hagrid told him to do. And Umbridge is like, yeah, another detention. I mean, but he's not wrong. I know, I'm totally on his side. Also, why is that something detention-worthy? That's not even detention-worthy. Everything Harry does to Umbridge is detention-worthy. Which... I want to bring this up because I just thought about it. So I know that we see everything from Harry's point of view, right? And if Umbridge did all these other inspections within other years with the teachers, we wouldn't see it happen, right? But do you think she, like, did pick Harry's classes because she wanted to have any excuse to either keep an eye on Harry, catch him doing something, put him in more detentions, get some kind of dirt on him? Yeah. Maybe she... But maybe she did it where... Because really, there's only like Umber. Or, she has to do well, it when sure, she's Umber, not for teaching. one year. For like the fifth year students, she only has to to watch that twice. You know what I mean? So like maybe she wants to see like how different they are with Harry and whoever other like with the Gryffindors and whatever other classes with them. You know what I mean? So maybe she does both, and we just don't see the other ones because Harry's not in it. True. That's true. true. I didn't think about that. Good point. I don't know. Um, so then we jump a little bit, and it's almost midnight by the time Harry gets out of his detention that night. So, again, this is, like, another probably, what, he went there at, like, 8 o'clock the one time? Probably, like, another four hours of scratching open his hand. And his hand is bleeding so bad this time, he wrapped a scarf around it, but it's, his blood is staining the scarf. Um, but he was pleasantly surprised to find Ron and Hermione waiting up for him in the common room, especially because Hermione wasn't like angry with him at all she was very sympathetic she even gave him a bowl of pickled mertlap tentacles which sounds terrible but it was nice and refreshing for harry because it's supposed to like soothe minor cuts and abrasions that kind of thing um so ron still thinks that harry should complain about umbridge but harry kind of has a point he's like or ron is like you know mcgonagall would go totally nuts if she knew this and harry's like yeah you're probably right but how long is it going to take for Umbridge to pass some other decree that's saying, you know, whoever complains about the High Inquisitor, they get sacked right away. And he's not really, Harry's a seer, he's not really wrong because later on, she gets the power to, like, fire the fire teachers. Them. But it, like, makes sense, though, for, like, for, it's two weeks into school, like, you know more is going to happen, you oh, know what yeah, I mean? Right. And I think Harry's also, like, kind of a pessimistic person where he's like it's bound to happen we're like something worse it's just gonna get worse from here on out you know yeah yeah yep that's yep. all i got sasa uh that's not my name 
salsa. <laughs> um, so then Hermione is talking to Ron and Harry about like the way that Umbridge is teaching defense, you know, the fact that they aren't going to learn anything. And I'm not going to like go about that whole thing again, because you need, especially in a class like that, you just need hands-on learning. It's just dumb. And we've discussed that. And so Ron points out, he's like, well, there's really not much we can do about that. And Hermione's like, well, we could just do it ourselves. Like, let's just, we can learn it themselves. You know what I mean? And Ron's like, yeah, okay, I'm not doing any extra homework or any extra work in general because he and Harry are already behind on their homework and it's only the second week into school. And then Hermione says, and I quote, but this is much more important than homework. And Ron's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is what just came out of my mouth. He was like, uh, what? What? <laughs> and then I say, whoa, if Hermione's saying this, that's big news. Because we all know Hermione loves her homework. And she loves, I should say this, it's not that she loves her homework, she loves to learn. Yes. There's a difference. Well, she, I think she also like just likes the work, but she just loves learning. Um, so then she starts talking kind of with like, the same fire and passion that she has when she's talking about spew. Um. So she's telling them that they need to prepare themselves against the things to come. They really need to be able to defend themselves because they know what's coming. Um, and really, like, the time for learning out of books, at least in this particular instance with, like, learning defensive spells and being able to defend themselves, um, it's over. And they need a teacher, someone who can really show them, like, the correct way to do it mm-hmm. um, and help them learn. And so Harry was like, uh, yeah, but like, are you thinking about Lupin? And she's like, no, I'm not talking about Lupin because realistically he's too busy with the order and they need someone who's able to help them more than just like when they go to Hogsmeade weekends, because that's really what would have been the only time that Lupin and students would have interacted. Um, and Hermione's like, I'm talking about you, Harry. She wants him to teach them all about defense spells. And Harry like, doesn't get it. Like, I think he thinks they're pulling his leg. And he looks at Ron so they could, like, kind of share a look of, like, oh, Hermione's, like, being Hermione again, um, like, with her crazy ideas. And Ron, like, he notices he just looks thoughtful. And then Ron says, like, oh, well, that's an idea. And Harry's, like, thought they were joking because, you know, he isn't a teacher. And then Hermione tells him, like, dude, you're, like, the best guy. Like, you're the best student in defense, like, of our year in that class. And Harry's, like, mm, I'm sure that's not true. Like, I'm sure you've beaten me in every test. And I'm going to read from the book because that's simply not true. <laughs> <laughs> like a liar. You're a liar, Fred. 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 Um, so she says, actually, I haven't said Hermione Cooley. You beat me in our year, third year, the only year we both sat the test and had a teacher who actually knew the subject. If you've forgotten, that teacher was Lupin. But I didn't forget. I'm not talking about test results, Harry. Look at what you've done. And he's like, how do you mean? And so then Ron comes in and he's like, you know what? I'm not sure I want someone this stupid teaching me, Ron says to Hermione, <laughs> smirking slightly. He turned to Harry. Let's think. So then he kind of just names off all of the things that Harry has had to face in the past few years. And like each time Harry tries to like, yeah, but yeah, but like downplaying his role in all of these things. So like first he's like, and I think this is funny because it says, let's think he said, pulling a face like Goyle concentrating. First year you saved the stone from you know who. And Harry's like, that was just luck. It wasn't skill. Second year, Ron interrupted him. He's like, you killed the basilisk and destroyed Riddle. And then again, Harry's like, yeah, but if Fox hadn't turned up, I. And then Ron 
interrupts him again and is even louder. He's like, third year, you fought off about a hundred Dementors at once. And then Harry's like, well, you know, that was a fluke. If the time Turner hadn't, and then again, Ron interrupts him and yelling even more. He's shouting. He's like, last year you fought off, you know who. And then Harry basically is just getting so um, like fired up because one, I mean, like it isn't annoying to get interrupted, but like, and they, it's done differently in the movies. So he's like, yeah, it all sounds great when you say it like that. He's like, but he's nearly always had help. And he, you know, just was like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not that great. You know what I mean? Like you're making it sound like I'm this guy that knows all this stuff and it just kind of happens. Yeah. Megan. I think that this was an important moment, like for us as readers to really see how humble Harry is with everything that he's done. Like he doesn't see it the same way that even like us, the readers see it. So he literally, he honest to God thinks that he's only accomplished these things because of help. I also want to point out, sorry, Sarah, go ahead. No, you go. Um, go. That this is a really good way for us to see internally how much it weighs on Harry. Yeah. Because definitely as a kid, I didn't think about this thing. It's like, yeah, Harry took down a basilisk. Harry took down these Dementors. That's cool. And then like you get to this and you're like, what did that do to him? Yeah. Like it's a huge toll. Yeah. 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 I I like this scene, you know, that we're reading about and it's the three of them. And I like that, like Hermione brings it forth because I always talk about like, yes, they all are great on their own and they all have um, like, you know, faults and all of these things. Like obviously no one is perfect. No one in this book is written perfectly. Um, and I like that it kind of shows the three of them working together, kind of like in a sense of like Hermione brings the idea forward and Ron's thinking about it. He's like, no, like this could actually really work. And then there's Harry who always is kind of like, I'm not good enough. And like, I, I don't want to drag you guys into this where they're like, they're from the, they're with him from the beginning. Um, and everything like he's bringing up, like he's had, had at least one of them with him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. with the stone, it's been the three of them with the basilisk. Like if Hermione, like, hadn't have gotten that piece of paper like without her even that she was um petrified still helped them out and ron was down there with harry getting Ginny like third you know every single year like they he's never alone um and it's just like it's a it's like a good good little moment these friends are having even though harry's angry yeah tiffany yeah well also you have to think um one of the quotes from Sorcerer's Stone is just pulled back into my head and I'm Harry, just Harry. Harry mm-hmm. spent 11 years of his life believing that he was a nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something, I mean, you don't have something thrown at you for 11 years and have it just automatically go away. Yeah. And that's something that I want to also make sure like, is in the forefront of everybody's minds is that he was conditioned to think Mm -hmm. that. Um, And then Discord absolutely blew up with something that I had never heard of before. Um, Imposter syndrome. So Mm. I looked looked it up. Uh, This is from... You've never heard of it before? I've never heard of it. I Um, never had either. This is uh, Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt. 
Um, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon retain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success to luck. Jesus is hairy. <laughs> or interpret it as a result of deceiving others into thinking that they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. While early research is focused on the prevalence among high-achieving women, imposter syndrome has been recognized to affect both men and women equally. Wow. I'd like to also point out, like, it's not just, like, thinking... I'm not good enough for all of these achievements achievements I've gotten. Like I have had friends that have this this sense of like um like they're sick, but they're not as sick as like other people. So like um they almost feel like I shouldn't I shouldn't have to go and talk to not shouldn't have to go, but like I had a friend that um has cancer and like yes, she is most likely in remission, but she won't know. But like mm-hmm. she getting that diagnosis is like um hard for anyone so she's like i just feel like i'm not worthy enough to like go and like talk to people like in a support group because she's like i'm not she feel felt at the time like she felt good you know what i mean and i was like that doesn't just because like that's how you feel like you have it like go talk to people i'm like you're going to be able to get support you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um it's just hard you know it's just it sucks and yeah for sure like when you're reading that like that's hairy a thousand percent like, like to a T, I, I thank you, Discord. This is one of the great yeah. things about having Discord open um, is it's not just the four of us anymore. You know, we're getting everybody's ideas um, thrown at us. Otherwise, I, I mean, I never would have. I yeah, never would have. I'd never that. heard of that before, but it's perfect. It, it's it's absolutely perfect. Um, there was something else that I wanted to add. And I just can't remember because, you know. Life. My name is Tiffany. <laughs> At least you remember that. No. Yeah, no, that's the start, right? How yeah. else would we begin this podcast? Okay. Sarah, salsa, excuse me. Go back to what you were doing, and I'll probably think of it. Um, so basically, like, Harry, Harry's having all of these things. Like, told him, like, yeah, but you did all of these things. And like we were talking about with the, the imposter syndrome. Like, he just is like, I he didn't do all of those alone. So he's like, it's not, I'm not that great. I'm not that great. And like Tiffany had said, really for like 12 or 11 years, he was conditioned. And even when he goes home, like it's kind of like compounded on him. Like just because you're a wizard doesn't mean you're anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's like angry about it. He's getting fired up about it. And like, he keeps talking about it. Cause he, he says, I'm like, listen to me. He said almost angrily because Ron and Hermione were both smirking now. Just listen to me. All right. It sounds great when you say it like that. But all of that stuff was luck. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. I didn't plan any of it. I just did whatever I could think of. And I nearly always had help. And so, like, they're still kind of, like, smirking. Um, And so, like, at this kind of point in time, Harry has almost, like, hit a point. um, And he's going to start, like, spewing, like, kind of how he feels. Because he's, he's, like, bottled all of his feelings up. And he's kind of now finally, like, freeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like when I'm angry or I'm feeling upset and like, this doesn't happen anymore. But like when I was a kid and I was being like ridiculous, um, and my mom would like laugh at me, like that would make me more angry. And like, this is how Harry's feeling right now. Yeah. Tiffany. 
I'm going off of that. You have to think about um, the way that Ron and Hermione are telling him all these things is that they think that they're telling him in a way that's going to boost his confidence. But what they're really doing is what Umbridge is doing by cutting open that wound again. Mm. Harry dreamt about Cedric for every single night. And I, he has dreamt about this door every single night. And he knows that it has something to do with Voldemort. And even way like later on, I can't remember if, if it's at the end of six or if it's at, it's somewhere in seven, he says that he's always known deep down that it's had to, it's probably at the end of this, that um, end of five, that he's, he's the one that has to end this. And yeah, saying all these things, like he should feel like he's the hero, but these are trauma after trauma after mm. trauma that they're bringing up and they have smirks on their face thinking they're doing this in a loving way and it is completely backfiring on them. And they have to remember, I love them. I love Ron and Hermione, but in this moment, smiling at him is probably not the best idea because your best friend watched someone be murdered right in front of his face and you're telling them him that he's a hero, yet... Cedric couldn't come back. And that's something yeah. that he clearly blames himself up until we see him in Cursed Child. Yep. So it's yeah. like it's 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 just showing someone you love them in a way that they can't get that love in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'm going to read some more from the chapter. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Cuz he's yeah. Meg has her hand up. Um, oh, I can't see it. Sorry. That's okay. Quick I just wanted to interject with the whole imposter syndrome thing, too. I do really like what Vinny is saying, how he believes that it's more guilt than anything. Because Harry never thinks on what he can or can't do. He doesn't necessarily question his capacity to do things, which is something that someone with imposter syndrome would. So it's more like survivor's guilt or just guilt in general. I think I feel like it's probably a combination of both things. Like, I feel yeah, like he's got a little bit of both. But I do... I do yeah. like the idea of him also being um, driven by guilt with a lot of his feelings. I think it's a, and a dangerous so, move. for sure, too. He's saying that he just, like, does these things. It's like, yeah, that's what makes someone, uh, like, so a good. really good or a really yeah. good, you know, defense against the dark arts teacher or whatever. You go with your gut. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's that you're in that moment and you have to react and you have to react now. And he is so good at making calculated, fast, safe decisions, which is crucial yeah. in this end game, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like... We just know that, like, obviously, so Harry's, what, now, 15 years old here, and he's had a life full of trauma. Like, that does not make, like, we, we've we talked about this. Like, obviously, we know he has, like, mental health issues, and he went through horrific events, what, two months ago? Like, it's only the second week of September, and it was the end of June when Cedric died. Like, that... Yeah. And he didn't, I don't, he didn't process it well because no one gave him the tools. Like he doesn't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Um, and no one was there. So it's like, almost like he doesn't know how, how to talk to people that were like, they just don't get it. And he's going to bring it up too. So mm-hmm. like 
Harry goes on to say, he's like, don't sit there grinning like you know better than I do. I was there, wasn't I? He said heatedly. I know what went on, all right, and I didn't get through any of that because I was brilliant at defense against the dark arts. I got through it all because, well, because help came at the right time, because I guessed right. But I just blundered through it all. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And he's, then he starts yelling, stop laughing. Um, and then he, like, gets up. He, like, abruptly stands up, and, like, his hand that was in the Merlap essence um, kind of crashes to the floor and he says you don't know what it's like you neither of you you've never had to face him have you you think it's just memorizing a bunch of spells and throwing them at him like you're in class or something the whole time you know there's nothing between you and dying except your own your own brain or guts or whatever like you can think straight when you know you're about a second from being murdered or tortured or watching your friends die. They've never taught us that in their classes. What it's like to deal with things like that. And you two sit there acting like I'm a clever little boy to standing there alive like Diggory was stupid, like he messed up. You just don't get it. That that could just as easily have been me. It would have been if Voldemort hadn't needed me. And then Ron kind of like interjects because like really that's not, that's not what they were meaning. Um, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to say, like, Ron, Ron immediately goes into, like, you know, we're, you've got how, you're taking it the wrong way, basically. Like, right. we're not trying to take a dig at Cedric or anything and not saying, like, that you haven't been through all of these things. Um, and Hermione's like, Harry, like, this is, that's exactly the reason she wants Harry to teach them because she, he truly knows what it's like to face death and to face Voldemort and what they're up against. Like, no other kids at Hogwarts have currently have been through what Harry has been through. No other mm-hmm. kids have faced Voldemort at this point in time. Um, and, you know, all of these things that Hermione actually saying Voldemort's name and it's saying it for the first time, he's never heard her say it before. It has like an immediate calming effect on Harry. Um, yeah, Tiffany. No, it just makes me think like, what of these adults have even experienced anything yeah. close to that as well? If you take the people who were in the first order of the Phoenix, yeah, but honestly, none of them have been in Voldemort's presence. Well, and I wonder too if that is just, I mean, we know that like Lupin is a great guy, but I wonder if that too is part of why he was such a great defense teacher is because he's been through it. You know what I mean? Well, and um, honestly, I hate to say it, Judy did some good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a clearly experienced person teaching that subject. Um, They got the real deal. I mean, that's honestly, that's a subject to me that is like, you can't light foot around it for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like that, that that to me is like taking a taking history. Let's do this. That to me is like taking history in real time life. And not telling exactly what happened. You want to. Well, and it also depends on whose point of view you're reading it from. You know what I mean? Like books. Exactly. Like if you want to take an American, let's throw this out there. If you want to take an American history class, and it's all, um, you know, pilgrims had dinner with Native Americans, Mm -hmm. and that's Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. That's not. That's not all. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just... Or, like, learning that Christopher Columbus was the person that founded America. Amen. But really, um, it was already there. And the Vikings <laughs> discovered it for... Not discovered it, because there were people living here. But, like, right. Leif Erikson. Hey, bro. Happy like... Leif Erikson Day. 
<laughs> it's just it's just a subject in my opinion that if you're gonna teach it, you better teach it. Yeah. You know, yeah. or or you might as well just not do it at all. Just saying. Pre yeah, I'm I agree. <laughs> I'm done. Um so like immediately Harry's a little bit more calm because it's almost like every every year that he's gone through this, like Harry has never said you whatever. You know what I mean? He's always said Voldemort's name and he almost gets annoyed, like because Ron will be like <gasps> Almost like it's just a name, like just say it. So like Hermione's saying it for the first time without like all of the you know, you know who and he who must not be named, blah, 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 blah. Harry gets it, kind of, you know, so he's immediately calmed and then he immediately also wishes that he hadn't sent that Merlap essence um crashing to the floor because now his hand went back to hurting. Um and he's sad about it. <laughs> and he's sad about and so, it. <laughs> he's, sad, he's sad about it. The carpet's probably feeling great. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if there's carpet. Oh, I need, I need the laugh that she just did on a repeat for a ringtone. Nah, nah. It's Peter <laughs> Griffin. It sounds like I was just gonna say the same thing. It sounds like Peter Griffin. Um, and so Hermione kind of just calmly asks him, like, just, just think about it. Um, and so like then after a moment, she goes off to bed. She's like, all right, going to bed. You know, you know, school and life and liberty. They're also up real late. Yeah. How do people? I don't know. I'm old. Maybe it's because I'm old. I can't stay up all night. Katie, make pots of coffee and stay up playing Animal Crossing. It's <laughs> a hard no for Seth. I like can't do it. Time. That was so fun though. Let's but it do was it again. again. Memorial Day weekend. <gasps> up all night party. That's, yeah. Yes. Any hoosies. So Hermione's off to bed. Then Ron kind of gets up. And it's, like, noted, like, awkwardly um, that he's, like, all right, he's going to go to bed, too. And he asks Harry if he's, like, coming to, not coming to bed, but, like, are you going to bed? Um, and Harry's, like, no, I'll be up soon because um, he wants to kind of clean up his mess. So he stays downstairs um, and he repairs the broken bowl. And then it even notes that there's no way that he can get the essence of the merlap back into the bowl soak his hand in anymore it's just gone so then he goes up to bed because he realizes like how tired he is because it's been an exhausting day and that was just a lot of emotional um spewage and if that's ever happened to you you know that's very exhausting in and of itself yeah um and so then he goes to sleep and he um has dreams of long corridors locked doors and he wakes up the next day with his scar you know feeling prickly or whatevs uh, Beth F's the Horcrux. Oh my God! Really? I had to talk about it once in this. I episode. think I think that's why Harry's getting so many detentions is because of the Horcrux. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Dinkin T. I think it, that's why he's out. so good at Quidditch. It's because of the Horcrux. Yes. I think because of like him being such a great defense against the Dark Arts, like student and teacher Horcrux. Huh, keep True. it. Let's go. True. Keep going. Jenny. Horcrux. Give me more reasons. Names this kid Albus Severus <laughs> Horcrux. That's definitely, definitely. <laughs> Okay. Come on, give me more reasons. Everything, Tiffany, everything. Mm. Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Horcrux. Horcrux. <laughs> that needs to be a shirt. Can we make it a shirt? Sure. 
I don't know. Figure is Horcrux copyrighted? Yeah. Probs. Just put a bunch of pictures of all of the Horcruxes on <laughs> it. Um, Discord, Seriously. your job. <laughs> Come up with an idea for the next t-shirt design. Let's update this. Do you it. have you have you have things to design. I'm gonna call Whimsy. I'm gonna need a design. Are you gonna pay me? <laughs> I'll pay huh. you in FaceTime kisses. How's okay, that? I'm down. As long as Alana's on the call. As long as Alana's on the call. I don't know, yeah. Megan, you ate her pusa, so True. I know she still remembers. Oh, it's never going to be forgotten. She's going to be 10 years old, and she's going to be like, do you remember that time when you ate my pupusa? <laughs> and she'll be all you, sassy and, like, say full sentences. That my brother <laughs> ate my pancakes, and I'll never forget it. Oh, my God. <laughs> or drank your bottle lying. of wine. <laughs> oh. Dude. But that's just a funny story. At least I get to drink most of it. I was just angry that it was opened. Lady Supreme forgives, but never forgets. Yes. <laughs> this is true. All right, so some lightning bolt questions. There's a bunch of good ones. So the first one, the entire Discord chat asks, who would be the best drag queen in the wizarding world? Oh, whoa. Dumbledore. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, I think that um, Gilderoy Lockhart. I was going to say Lockhart. That's and I will one. say, I struggled to remember what his name is. Isn't that ironic? Uh-huh. No, I think Flitwick would be great. Someone said Lucius. Yeah. Luscious. Yes. Luscious. That's his Luscious. stage name. Oh, my God. That's his stage yes. name. <laughs> yes. Someone draw it. Yes. Draw it. I want a feather draw, boa. Hagrid. Hagrid forever. Oh, my gosh. Hagrid would be awesome. But I want him to shave his face. But no, I, that... there are some good drag don't yeah they are still looking good it's awesome yeah. all right Pasha asks what's your favorite condiment salsa goes first um i'm really not a condiment person so it depends on what it's going on you so, uh, make me sick i'm very particular God. like i Depending on the burger, I more than likely will put mayonnaise on my burger, and that's it. Um, I don't like ketchup, um, unless it's on a hot dog. A hot I don't, dog? A hot dog. Um, I don't eat mustard, sometimes on a hot dog, but you don't usually eat not. mustard? I don't. Ball sometimes butter? I'll put a ham sandwich. Oh my gosh, get out but, of but it has to be mixed with my mayonnaise. Why'd you have salsa um, go first? She's the Yeah, I'm literally the worst. I'm just very particular. Um, what other condiments are there? I like ranch, I guess. What about oh. relish? If I'm dipping my French fries in something, that typically means I don't like the French fry, unless it is that garlic aioli. There's garlic aioli, and then there's malt vinegar aioli that this one restaurant mm-hmm. um, around us does with their fries. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't like a one sauce. Sorry, is that a condiment? Barbecue. Yeah. Sauce, like it's a whole separate thing. Like, I don't think is barbecue sauce a condiment. I'll like eat it sometimes. I'm like barbecue, but I don't put it on things. I love French fry. I don't like dipping my French fries in things. So if I'm dipping like my French fries in ketchup, that means I don't like the French. Like the French fry needs something. Like I feel like Probably a French fry still. should be able to stand up on its own. I love. 
I'm I. This is where I come from. I love some good vinegar on some fresh cut fries. Oh, it smells yeah. like feast. Um, Ugh. Your face is so much. I also like vinegar on my um, red wine vinegar on my salad with some ranch on top. That's a good mix in the sauces. Um, I think my all time favorite condiment is some good old Frank's Red Hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like yeah. sriracha is also good. That's what I'm going with. Katie? Uh, I like a stone ground mustard or sriracha. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely like stone ground mustard or like stadium mustard, like Cleveland's Burtman's mustard is yeah. the bomb. And yes. then um, ranch on like everything, basically. I, I hate ranch. Ranch on Dude. pizza? No, don't yeah, I, get me. I you will want a say, soapbox? I've even put That's mine. ranch. I have put ranch on green beans before. Oh my god, that oh, sounds what? so good. No. That's a sin against nature. There's a restaurant by us one. that serves ranch fries. And you would think, like, ranch fries, it's just going to be, like, the little ranch powder stuff on it. No, it's literally fries tossed in ranch, and they are so good. <laughs> They're so Arf. good. So I mean, good. I don't want to say that. I encourage everyone to be themselves. Ooh. How is that truffle hot sauce? I've been, I, It's been in my cart for months. Hmm. I haven't gotten obviously Oh yeah, raisin right. canes sauce is the bomb too. Okay, next question. Never had canes, but let's go. Brookie Bo asks if a teacher was going to make you carve lines in your hand in detention, what would your scar say? Too many snacks. <laughs> too loud. Shut it. <laughs> Mine would probably be something similar to Tiffany's because I I only ever got in trouble for talking or not bringing my recorder to class. <laughs> Sarah's would say, "Bring your recorder." Oh, I had this teacher. I had this teacher in grade school. This music teacher who was not very nice. She was not on the level of Umbridge, but she was like on the ladder towards her. Um, like she, one way that she would try to get people to quiet, like students to quiet down, is she had this like metal cabinet thing that was like on wheels. It was like small, and she would bang on it. And then I don't know if it was my class or like one of my siblings' classes that she banged on it so much that it broke her. And I know she broke her hand once, but she like blamed the class. It's like, we're not making you do that. Like you're banging it yourself. Um, she didn't like me. And then years later, but not that many, like maybe like five, like she would still remember me. She saw me um, at this like, it's like a German club that I was at with my friend and like her parents. Um, and she was there because she's there. It was like a German festival and she was there because she's German. Um, and she like pretended not to know me, and I'm like, I'm you know who I am, but whatever. And so I got two detentions for not bringing my recorder to class. So I had to stay after school and play my recorder. It was dumb. Oh, oh man, yeah. Well, my most famous detention is for calling a classmate a bad word that starts with a B. Um, in fourth grade, <laughs> I was in fourth grade. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. No, but like honestly, I have such a good reason. She was being so mean to my friend. She purposefully sat at the lunch table in her spot when her lunch was sitting there, moved her stuff, and sat there. And I was like, "This girl's name was Megan." I was like, "Megan, you need to stop being a beep." You said, "But yeah." 
So it would. I will say, Megan's also the same person that made me cry in high school and was very happy about it. So, <laughs> what does that say about Megan? Oh my god, you Truth. probably made me cry too. So, I didn't, uh, I did not. How do you know? You would have told me by now. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, I think we've been friends in years. It's been a minute. Yeah. Ew. Ew. It's been 15 years. That's insane. Um, so 15 I minutes. So yeah, my hand would say you will not call people a beep. Probably. How about just no swears? Katie. What? I want to know. What does the puff say? What, what is yours your again? Punishment too, too many snacks. Have you gotten in trouble for that? Yeah, you no, you've gotten detention for throwing things in a classroom. No, that is not the story. But that's what the <laughs> detention was for. This teacher. <laughs> Here we this go. Teacher, this teacher. In like your class, whatever, lack of a word, contract, you couldn't throw things. Okay, that makes sense. I literally took a balled up piece of paper that I didn't need anymore. This wasn't on purpose. Like, I was just putting it in the trash. Went over to the trash can, underhand tossed it a foot away, got a detention. Because that was throwing oh something. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, so ask anybody stupid. that was there. It was complete crud. She was clearly having a bad day. I will, I will tell you that I did get in trouble later on in grade school for swearing in a note that my friend opened right in front of a teacher. Um... And then I, the only violation I ever got, which is like, not, we didn't get really detentions in high school. We got violations where a piece of paper that literally meant nothing, unless you got enough of them. And then you got like a letter sent home, but you had to get like, I think a lot. Um, I got a violation for chewing gum. That's all that I ever did in high school. I just still think about my teacher in fourth grade. She totally knew that this girl was, like, not kind. And she pulled me over to her desk, and she's, like, she had written the word down on a piece of paper on her desk. And she's, like, Megan, did you call Megan this word? Her, this girl's name was Megan, too. And she showed me the paper, and I looked at her, and I was, like, yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, did you call yourself? And I seriously just looked at her, and Megan was standing right next to her, and I looked at her, I was like, yes, I did. And she's like, okay, I'm going to have to give you a detention. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> and then she cried when, when she got home. Something crazy? <laughs> and my, my cousin, mom was so mad at me. My cousin got in trouble in grade school for writing up. She wrote um, a part of female anatomy, and my aunt, like, so she was supposed to get a detention, and my aunt's like, that's the correct term. She's not getting in trouble for that. Like, absolutely not. Yes. Um, my school was crazy. They tried to get my sister an in-school suspension for wearing um, a shirt that boys were allowed to wear, but girls oh. weren't. So my mom said that she was going to sue them. She was like, I will sue you for sexual harassment. Because, like, every time, for whatever reason, like, whenever stuff was happening, it was always when my mom was really busy. Because she, at the time, was working in the ICU as a nurse. I mean, she's always still a nurse, but, like... She was working, and it was probably, like, flu season. So she's like, do you know how busy I am and, like, what I do? Like, I'm not worried about – she came to shirt with – she came to school with a clean shirt on that boys are allowed to wear, and so is she. Like, she's, like, not serving this. Christian and they're like, mom. hey. Yeah. They mean, changed the rules. Fair. 
Yeah, it's stupid. It's a shirt. That I we got in trouble like sock. Like I, I got I didn't get yelled at, but I was told that I had to couldn't wear the socks that I had on. Like you clearly see, I'm wearing socks. They're white. They're above my ankles, but they had to be like two inches folded over above my ankle. So stupid. Dom. Um. Okay, so next question comes from Truffles. Would you be on the Quidditch team? No. Probably not. Yes. Uh, probably. So probably I at know. least would have tried out for it. Half and half. I'm that stereotypical Gryffindor. Right. <laughs> She's a jock. Quidditch! She eat breakfast. I eat pain. Breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. It's sometimes a snack. Always my snack. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Kayla asks, if you were made High Inquisitor and got to inspect Professor Umbridge's lesson, what belittling question would you ask her? Oh, I, oh, I know. Wow. Where How were... long have you been teaching? Yeah, no, I would be oh! like, and what makes you qualified for this position? Yeah. I would kill her with kindness. I'd be like so overly nice. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd be savage. Forget that's you. Right. That's right. Um, I would be Katie. very passive-aggressive, I think. Oh, for sure. Uh, Juniper asks, why do you think the Ministry let Transfiguration continue to make spells? Huh? Um, I wonder if they're, like, talking about, like, um, how... No, oh, practice match. I think it was the biggest thing is they didn't want them learning defensive spells. Because, oh! Um, I okay. was afraid that they were, because he's such an idiot. Like, let's just be, Got it. let's just call a spade a spade. He's an idiot. Yeah. And he um, is, is more concerned about himself being in power and himself being like the minister that he was worried um, that, F- not Fudge, Fudge was worried that Dumbledore was trying to take his job from him when um, Dumbledore had bigger fish to fry. And if he wanted that position, he would have had it. Uh-huh. Truth. Yeah. Uh, Madison asks, what age do we think McGonagall became an animagus? One year old. <laughs> You're out of your mind. She came sure after it him. Tiny little baby. I, don't I was going to say went... after Hogwarts. I was going to say maybe, how old are you? But as soon as she was of age, I guess. Seven even though that meant she, she was still in school. school. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it. I'm gonna she's guess. So, she's so tough. She could have done that. It would have been no big thing for her. I'm gonna I, guess, I guess it might not be till she had more of a blossoming relationship with Albus because I think he helped her. Yeah, that's what I'm. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. And not because she couldn't have done it earlier, but maybe it just never occurred to her to try. Yeah, yeah. Maybe mm. he just mm. that's my encouraged pepper. her yeah. to try. Yeah. Um, so you wait. Do you see what Vinny said? What? She's always a cat, and he says calling someone a cat is slang for cute in Portuguese. Aww. I like that. That's awesome. Chuck um... Norris wears mechanical <laughs> pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Bring back the Chuck Norris jokes. Make 2020 better. <laughs> Uh, Juniper well, also Chuck Norris is afraid of his McGonagall. Oh my <laughs> right. gosh! Did you see that thing that said 
Mrs. Weasley could make Chuck Norris eat his vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Juniper also asked, do you think that Hermione partially help starts up the DADA to help pass her OWLs? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, I yeah, because she knew she wasn't getting so. what she needed, and that's a subject that she doesn't feel that. Um, I mean, she knows Harry's really good at it, and she wants to learn as much as she can. Well, um, I I see no only because she was like she even said like there's more important things like in this chapter. Um, hold on, I gotta find it. I think it's just a really good perk. Yeah, like I, she, I guess literally says she's like we'll learn it ourselves and he's like you want us to do extra stuff and um he's like but this is, she's like this is more important than homework um and she's like he ron says i didn't think there was anything in this universe more important than homework and she said don't be silly of course there is it's about preparing ourselves like harry said in umbridge's first lesson for what's waiting up there it's about making sure we really can defend ourselves if you don't learn if we don't learn anything for a whole year um so i don't i don't think like that's Maybe it's a perk, but, like, she truly is, like, she she's not dumb. She knows that, like, essentially there's a war coming, and she wants to be ready for it. As ready as she can be, and doesn't want to waste this entire year on book learning. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't think that was her main motivation, personally. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think she's more focused on the end game here. I want to be your end, end game. game. Um, Maui Potter asks, how would you react as Harry being asked to be a teacher for your fellow classmates? I'd be like, are you sure? Me? me? Hello? Me? What? Me? Me? Right here? You're just like done that thing where like, they're looking at you and you like turn around to see who they're <laughs> yes. actually looking at. Like, yes. is there someone behind me? <laughs> Accurate. I'd be like, yeah, I'm the greatest. I am the chosen one. I am the chosen one. Is anyone? I want it people is watch. the Horcrux. Oh my There's god! There's this um, episode of um, Good Mythical Morning, and I don't know if it's like in their Good Mythical More episode. It's a long time ago, within like the past year or two, where there's a clip, and it's like the guys are like, "I am the greatest." No, I am the greatest. No, we're both great. It's very funny. Anyways, that's what it makes me think of. But I would be like Harry, being like, "Why do you want me?" Like I'm just, I'm not great. I'm just Harry. I'm just salsa. Yeah. I'm just Harry. salsa. Uh, Pasha asks, have you ever had a skill or talent that you were unaware of until someone pointed it out to you, like Hermione with Harry and Defense, uh, Dumbledore's army? Like, every day of my life. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, like, genuinely, I always question the validity of, like, my design skills, and Katie will look at me and be like, stop. And I'll do the same thing to her. Like, we do it to each other all the time. I'll be like, God, this looks terrible. And she's like, no, it doesn't. Just, like, change this, this. It looks great. Like, there's just some little tweaks or whatever. And, like, we do that to each other all the time. It's like, you get so stuck in your head where you're just like, I'm so bad at this or whatever. You're your own worst critic. Yeah. I feel like especially when you deal with artsy stuff. But I think it goes with everything in life. I do it with podcasting, too. Yeah. Like, literally, I I do it with everything. And I don't cook well and everyone is always like you're an idiot <clears throat> shouldn't say everyone but that's my biggest thing is like i don't think like people tell me like i'm a good cook or like whatever i'm like nah, man, it's all right you are 
Well, I realized, so my sister was talking about, like, making food, like, for a friend of hers. Um, and I was like, you've actually never, I'm like, I don't think you've ever cooked for, like, people. And she's like, well, you always commandeer the kitchen. And I was like, oh, I guess I do. Like, so she's never, as, mount, as many, like, not parties, but, like, parties we have, she's never cooked. But I, I don't she's a good baker. What do you think I'm good at? I'll tell you I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching. <laughs> No, I'm awful. She knows she's a good teacher. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. I feel like mothers always do this. Like, there's days where I'm like, dear goodness, I could have done this, this, and this. And then there's some days where I'm like, you know what? I'm the best. <laughs> you have a great kid. You're doing a good job. So, Agreed. Yeah. Um, I did, actually, when we... <laughs> When we started, I don't know, we were probably like 50-some episodes in, and actually our good friend, who we haven't talked about in a while on the pod, Ekirk2006, was like, you have a really great podcasting voice. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> you think so? He was like, yeah, you sound really good. And in turn, I also think he has a great podcasting voice. Yeah, they're, they're I just agree some, with that. There are just some people that are really, really easy to listen to and that can really like captivate you with what they're saying like oh you know what mine is actually not the cooking thing people think i'm really funny and i don't think that yeah you're the worst as you laugh at yourself <laughs> i know, I, know. Like, I say that because like i was talking to my mom the one day and it might have been when we we had her on the podcast because i asked her like who's her funniest kid and she's like it's she said it was me <laughs> And so I said it to my family the one day, and Marty just goes, that's because she hasn't been to my stand-up routine. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, you're an idiot, but it was funny. Um, next question is from Soul. Are you quick on your feet to act like Harry, to react to things, or do you feel the need to prepare in advance like Hermione? I'm like 50-50. I'm 50. I'm Harry. I, I'm more Harry. Well, it depends on the situation. Like with me, like I've been in emergency situations where I have acted without thinking. And um, I've been in two situations like that, which lets me know that I could never be any kind of person in an emergency department because afterwards I crash and cry. Uh, yeah. Um, but I thought I handled those situations very well so if we're talking about that yeah if I'm in a verbal something with someone hands down no way I you know think what? I think of everything after the fact you're so right that's how I am too and then like oh it's the worst <laughs> it's the worst it's so frustrating because in the moment my brain just freezes up if I have time to like type something out it'll be so well thought mm -hmm. out and like structured and fine but if I'm in the moment mm -hmm. my mind goes blank like Megan, I feel like you're really good at that. Like you, you know what to say right away. Like you don't have to, Thanks, you don't have you to do. pause and think <laughs> about it. And I feel like every time I get really emotional, sometimes it comes out and crying when that just infuriates me even more. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be crying. I don't know why I am. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. But yeah, I feel like I, I do feel like it depends on the situation for me because like there are times where I would 
obviously prefer to plan something. But usually if I'm put into a situation where I have to be on my feet with something, like, I am okay with it. You know? Yeah. You do. You do well. (sighs) Okay. Two more questions and then we're done. So this next one is from Vinny and he says, might be jumping the gun a bit, but his monologue, but Harry's monologue makes me think about Harry's qualities. What do you think are Harry's best qualities? I like that he's humble. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a big part of, um, that keeps him grounded from, yeah, keeps him grounded and keeps him from, I wouldn't say like getting a big head. Cause like, I mean, he's also like still a kid. Um, and I, I like, maybe just cause I'm super family oriented, but I also have like a ridiculous family. So I like that. Um, like he, like, I don't know. He seems very family oriented, except, you know, with Elvis Severus, but that's a whole other discussion. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, well, his, I, just... I think it's him being humble too. I just, it just makes him feel more real. I guess because he has all of these like extraordinary qualities about himself that he doesn't even realize but like he doesn't see it and that almost makes him just that much better I love his passion yeah no matter no matter what it is if he feels some kind of way about it his passion is absolutely through the roof well you know what I also really like about him is like he um he doesn't care like basically and i think it's like the way he was raised with like not being told like being basically being told that like he's not anything you know what i mean Mm. um that he doesn't care who you are like what your background is as long as like you're a good person like he immediately sees haggard and he's like i love this guy and then he doesn't like even get why people would like not like him because he's part giant. You know what I mean? Like he did. Yeah. She doesn't care about that. Like he loves Luna for like Luna. Um, and like, that's like, that's kind of like, I feel like how I am like that type of person where like, I don't care like who you are. Like if you're a nice person and like we're friends, I don't care like your background, all that other stuff. Like it, not that it doesn't matter to me, but like it doesn't matter in the sense, like I just want you to be you. And that's like how Harry is, you know? Mm-hmm. And Lisa in the discord said he is so resilient. Mm-hmm. Is that true or what? Like, yeah. he is absolutely resilient. Doing this reread also, like, Harry's just so pure. Mm-hmm. He's a pure dude. Yeah, for sure. I agree. <laughs> so pure. So pure. No, that so is not pure. Harry's voice. It's so pure. <laughs> I'm like, so pure. <laughs> I'm like a great guy. I'm like the chosen one, but also pure. Yeah. How how short can you make it? That's gonna be on. That's the next T-shirt. Pure. Pure. So Mia asks, which Hogwarts professor would fit your teaching style most? Kind of go with McGee. I think I'd be like Hagrid. Super hands-on. I would and say like, kind of Hagrid sometimes or Lupin. Bumbling. Oh, Lupin. Litwick! Like, the times where, like, Hagrid is doubting himself, I would not have done well with, like, flabberworms. Because if I'm bored in class, 
um, it's not a good thing. So like with Lupin, it always seemed like it was super interesting and like you're learning things and um, I don't do well with downtime. So, yeah. I just like McGee, how she's like a good combination of all types of teaching. Like she lectures, she's hands-on, she uses the book. Like it's like a little bit of everything. So people who learn in like all the different ways get something from her you know yeah. i appreciate that yeah. i really love snape's um teaching methods i oh, love being really? yelled at me too um, and getting zeros on assignments it gives me um such thrill if you like <laughs> put downs take put <laughs> i only like put downs if i can pick them up hey, hey. Okay. give me that fan story kate all right. Yeah. All right. This week's fan story comes from Samantha. Hello and hello. Samantha. Samantha. Samantha? <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> oh God. Hello. I'm sorry. Hold- Are you gonna do your joke after? Yeah. Okay. I know I'm picked out. I want picked out. I just want to make sure. Okay. 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 I'm not forgetting now. It's in the dock forever. Missed it. And now you guys are all going to know us, Samantha. Okay. Hello, Samantha. Swish and Flick cast. My name is Samantha Jernigan. I'm 29 years old. I'm a Hufflepuff. And my Patronus is an otter. Oh, awesome. I can't... Like Hermione. Mm-hmm. I can't remember my wand info. My favorite characters are Fred and George. I love funny people and I love to laugh and they gave me many laughs. I met Harry Potter 20 years ago at the age of nine, 1999. My favorite aunt was a teacher and thought I'd love the first book. She let me borrow it after she finished it. Thank you, Aunt Terry. Boy, was she right about me loving it. When I finished the first book, I begged my grandma to get me the second book. She was thrilled that I was so into reading. She immediately went out and bought me Chamber. By the time I was 11, in the sixth grade, 2001, I had read all four of the books that were out. I remember waiting so long for Order of the Phoenix and got it about a week after it came out. I read it so fast that I couldn't believe what i was reading i re i reread it almost immediately i specifically remember sitting at the bar in our kitchen when i got to the part where sirius fell through the veil i slammed my Mm. book shut and cried my grandma who was not a fan of harry potter asked me what happened i remember sobbing on her shoulder about it that was the very first book that absolutely crushed my heart i was so upset that i swore i'd never read the rest of the book wait where'd i go i'd never read the rest of the books but of course thank you I was only about 13, so I was being way over dramatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I waited impatiently for the last two books. I was 18 and living with my now with my now husband when I finally got to read Deathly Hollows. He actually bought it for me, knowing how obsessed I was with Harry Potter. I think it only took me about three days to read it from front to back because it was just so good. I couldn't stop reading it. I missed out on sleep for those three days just so I could find out what happened. Here we are 20 years later and I'm still just as obsessed with Harry Potter as I was at nine years old. I got to grow up with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and they have always been the best of friends to me. I don't even remember my life before I met them. I can't see myself loving books as much as I do if it weren't for JK. Thank you for reading my Harry Potter story, and thank you for the podcast. I love Harry Potter so much that I do a reread every summer, and I love reading each chapter with the four of y'all. I also love how much y'all make me laugh again. Thank you. Oh, that's so Mm. sweet. That that. story is, like, just nostalgic to me, because I feel like it's kind of a similar path as mine 
I agree. And I liked felt that, that too. a lot. So thank you, Samantha, for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Gosh. Hearing her talk about Deathly Hollows and like reading that and losing sleep, dude. Right. Called off work. Pretended to be sick so I could go home and read Deathly Hollows. Talking about them not sleeping. I remember getting it and reading. Well, I read the for the last we know in line, but like when I went home, I was supposed to work at five thirty the next day, which I did. But I like stayed up till like one o'clock in the morning, like reading it once I got home. Um, and then it was like four, probably like four forty-five or five o'clock when I like left, and I, I had my mom drive me to work just because like I didn't feel like going or driving myself. Um. But I remember like telling her the next day because I was like, I started it. And she's like, how is it? And I like told her about Snape. And she's like, I knew it. Oh um, I don't know why I'm being secretive. We all know that Snape was like, well, I said he was like a good guy. But like that was back when like, is he on the good side or the bad side? Um, that was back in the days where I didn't need a full eight hours of sleep. <laughs> and I could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm, the good old bad. days. Life. Oh. <laughs> Back when I was young, I had less worries. <laughs> My biggest worry then was where was I going to go to college? <laughs> or maybe I knew where I was going to go. I don't know. Regardless. Tell me a joke. All right. Yeah. Give me a joke. What's like the joke. difference between Gilderoy Lockhart and Ron's dad? Uh, one, is, one is an author and the other is an Arthur. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you You're for welcome. that. Yep. Um, so you can find us on social media on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and our Facebook group at Swish and Flick Podcast Group. We're on Twitter at Swish Flick Cast and on Instagram at Swish Flick Cast. You can follow your hosts. Myself and Katie are on Twitter and Instagram at The Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Twitter and Instagram at twit Tiff Swish <laughs> Tiff Swish underscore Flick. I was mid yawn. Oh, sorry. Love you. Ruined a yawn. It reminds me of Roald Dahl's book, The Twits. I am a twit. Uh. <laughs> and then Sarah's also on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Um, we love going live on Instagram before we record, so make sure that you follow us and turn alerts on so that you can join in on the fun. If you love our podcast and want to support us, you can be a part of it on patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. That gives you access to our Discord channel, our ch- um, chapter notes, the episode a day early, access to the Felix Files, which is our bi-monthly bonus episodes, and more. So you can find all those different levels at patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. Yup. Quit yawning, you're making me yawn. Dude, it's been a long day. It has been, but it wasn't a bad day, it was just a long day. Yeah, it was a long day. Um... Hi, my name is Twit. Hi, my name is what? My, my name, name is what? My name is Chicka Chicka. That's Twitter for you, Tiffy. I don't know. Tiffy. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so I've just been getting outside as much as I can. And Lady Supreme has a water table now. And she discovered that if you splash someone with water, they'll try and run away and laugh. So that's her new thing. Oh, no. So she likes to do it to me. She likes to do it to Fozzie. Marty came home and she went straight for his work shoes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's that. But um, I'm still playing Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild. I only have one more Divine Beast to go. And then I can take on the castle. But I am like way too scared. So I'm just going to try and do like side quest stuff for a while. Because I don't want it to be over. Frankly. I started a new workout program yesterday. I started to do bar. And it is something that I didn't think that I would like. Because I'm, I like love to like lift and lift like really heavy. But you would be surprised at how fast you can burn out with three pound weights in your hand. So it is very humbling. And I really enjoy it. It's been making me feel good for the past couple of days. So I'm sticking with that. What else am I doing? Thanks. I've been doing like little projects around the house. So I like cleaned out the medicine cabinet and our junk drawer today. Those are my two things. It feels good. <laughs> it does. I totally agree. Yeah, but that's kind of me. What are you doing? Um, okay, so I started Breath of the Wild and I'm terrible at it. So Everybody is in the beginning. Everybody is so bad in the beginning. Ask anybody who's ever played it. Please, Discord, if you played Breath of the Wild, tell Megan to continue because you're really, really bad in the beginning. You die a lot and your weapons stink. Done. Like, I'm so bad. Megan's like, so bad. I remember why I don't play Zelda games. <laughs> I said, why? She said, because they frustrate me. <laughs> no, but I'm going to go back to it. It's just, I needed a little break. So I went back to my happy place of Animal Crossing, building my stuff, and um, yeah, I don't know. I love it, but I'm definitely going to go back. I want to play it. It's a fun game. It's just... Yeah, you die, like, every two seconds, so that's fun. Um, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what else is going on? Uh, I don't know. I'm about to be fully on my own here with a job in a couple of days, so I'm super excited about that. And I have a four-day weekend this weekend, and I am psyched. Woo! Because we're recording this on Memorial Day weekend, FYI. I know that we're a little bit ahead, but. Katie, where are you at? Um, I don't know. Trying to get life in order because stuff happens. And then I get unmotivated because I'm overwhelmed. But all I have to do is do something to clear that unmotivation. It's so bad. It's Ugh. such a bad cycle. I, so bad. It's so bad. I like, like dishes and laundry. Just oh. like this being in the house all the time. Like I get why we're doing it, and I know that we have to do it. But I am just, ugh, my mental health is suffering. So it's not 
It's not exactly, I don't know, I just get, like, I get overwhelmed with housework and then I don't do it, which is the opposite of what's going to help. Because you have anxiety about everything else going on, so your anxiety literally overtakes everything. You're right. And then it makes you unmotivated to do anything else. Right. Like, uh, what do I do all day? I am at home and I'm, like, exhausted by five o'clock. Like, yeah, no motivation to do anything. Okay, peace out. Good night. Yeah, but you also have to think about, like, you're you're working all day. Like, you're not at home all day doing nothing. Like, you're working, know. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you were if if you were at work, you wouldn't be home. I right. Know. So, like, right. that's just something you have to, like, think about. I told Meg, I was like, we just need to, you know, help each other. And it's going to be hard, but we both need to push each other to stay in the right mindset. Yeah. Just keeping it real. Yeah. But we're good. We're good. We have two baby robins. We do. We have two baby robins that the cats have been watching. We named them Grud and Forge. Oh Mm. my god. Sasa? Um, I'm literally not doing anything. I'm sick of the rain, um, and it being chilly outside, um... I built two more things <laughs> since the last time we talked. Sarah. I built a thing for Alana's birthday um, for her, and then I built um, a bistro set. So I think I'm up to nine things. I don't know. I like, I like, my hands don't like to stay still, basically. Um, I'm legally changing my name to Bob um, from Bob the Builder. <laughs> I've only hurt myself twice building things, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, but other than that, work has been work, um, and I'm glad that I have a couple of days off, because the last couple of days have been very stressful. Um, so yeah, that's about it. I'm really hoping this Memorial Day weekend, I can be outside as much as possible. I did my notes outside today on my little bistro set, because, like, my dad obviously is working from home, so I don't want to bother him. And I know this is ridiculous, and this is my anxiety talking, but, like, I don't want to bother him by, like, where he's doing um, his, like, work from. Is like our, We have, like, a table that's, like, right in front of the door to, like, the backyard, where, like, I would rather go sit out in the backyard, but, like, I don't want to bother him by, like, walking through there while he's working. Um, I don't want to look like a weirdo that like walks around the entire back of my house, like from the front yard. Um, uh, cause he would be like, what are you doing? Just use the door. So I'm like, I'll just sit in the front yard. <laughs> um, but he's probably going to like, we have a, he does have like an office, but like, it's full of like, mostly honestly stuff from like, um, when Alana was like a baby, like we've got like baby, like baby seats, like, um, I don't, are they called rockers, Tiffany? Like those little seats? Bouncers. Yeah. So like back when like we were allowed to hang out with people, um, I used to watch my cousin's baby who now was six months old. So like when she was over, like I would bring it out. So like I could put her in that. And then when it was out and Alana was over, Alana <laughs> would still get in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so funny. Um, so like that stuff's in there. So then he was like, mm, "I'm probably he's probably gonna be like working from home for like a significant period of time, longer," which he like doesn't really care about. But like, <laughs> I think my mom wants him to like use his office and not this table. So we'll see if that changes. But oh but just watching TV and watching shows when I'm at home and you know trying to abate my anxiety, which is just you know whatevs. Um, I I've been watching a new great. Show. 
Okay, you can go ahead. I was going to say, I started great on Hulu, which is very adult, but I like the people that are in it, and it's about Catherine the Great. And it's a mostly, I think they say mostly true story. What did I but anyways. Oh, okay. Sorry. There you go. So I told Sasa this, I don't know, when did I start? Yesterday. Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. It's interesting to me so far. I'm on the third episode. Has Jamie Lynn Spears in it. Had to watch it. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. We've been doing a rewatch of The Great British Bake Off, and it's been amazing. I love watching that show, so. I thought of something positive. Yeah. That I forgot about. Not that what I said wasn't positive. But Meg and I are trying to grow some veggies on our porch. Yeah. And we yeah. actually got our own little bistro set, too, because we want to force ourselves to breathe in some more fresh air. So. Yeah, we did. Very nice. It didn't take me very long to make, uh, or not make, but like put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's very cute. Although it's interesting. So like we get it, and like there's just like a little area, um, like right in front of our front porch that like that's where we wanted it to go. Like my mother and I were talking about it, and um, so I, I put it all together, and I'm like that person. Like I read the entire thing of instructions just because like I like to see what it says. And it's like, shouldn't be in direct sunlight for extended periods of time. Should not, like, be rained on. Basically, like, it shouldn't be, like, where Outside. we would have put it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, like, so stupid. But, like, I have it mostly, like, um, kind of, like, underneath our roof a little bit. So, like, we'll move it. But it just made me laugh. I'm like, okay, so, like, this is for the outside, but don't actually put it outside. Right. Oh, my Jeez. God. Okay. Before we wrap up, can I just do like a little teeny tiny PSA to all of our listeners if you're still here? Sure. Please, 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 when you're going out in public, just wear a mask. Hmm. Please and thank you. It is not just for you, it is for everyone. And it only works if everyone wears one, please. Yes. So just wear it. Yes. Okay. I'm done. Thank Wise you. words from, from the danger snake. noodle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, protect oh. other humans. It's the cool thing to do, says Mia. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Oh, should we have told people like what we were donating money to in May? Because oh, this yeah. is like, yeah. oh, like this comes out in June, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> what did we donate to in May? Uh, World Health Organization. And so we're donating to World Health Organization for May, and we are donating $2 per patron instead of $1, just because this is such a huge thing that's hit the world. Um, And we want to give, like, a massive shout-out to everybody who's a patron that allows us to do this, Mm -hmm. because um, it's just really awesome, and we're going to be able to donate over $1,000 to World Health Organization thanks to you guys, so... You guys rock. Amazing. Yeah. So, well done, patrons. Well done. Without you, it would not be possible. Nope. Um, And I will say, like, so for June, Katie is picking the um, charity. I lost the word for that for a moment (laughs) in time. And then. This one was just kind of a. This is going on, and we want to donate to something related to COVID 19. So, yeah. Katie gets to pick next month, which is perfect because June is Pride Month. Yeah. 
I've got some really cute pride shoes. I'm so excited for them. She did. Just because I need a new, like, knock around shoes. But, um, and then for, I think, July, we're going to maybe pick a couple of them and have you guys vote. Yeah. Uh, so it, you guys can pick. Yeah. You got the power. July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just in my voice! Salsa. Hey, Hold Salsa. On. I probably should close my window. Can you guys hear the people in the background? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay, someone's watering something that's not soft. <laughs> it's like it's the power washer. <laughs> it could be. Enjoy, Iggy. What a chubs of bubs. That is a floof. Look at his little rabbit feet in the back. I can't even. Oh my god. I just want to put my face in his belly furs and (laughs) hug him. I love him so much. I feel that personally. Hello! This is Movie Phone! (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a crusty crab. <laughs>